It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team right here on garlic fries and baseball guys mark with joe shasky with you twice a week make sure you rate review and subscribe you brought up lamont wade i i i sort of looped in mike Kostremski. we've got exclusive audio from yaz as well who has really and i mean the struggle is just not the word like it has been so epically rough for mike yet still has a 1.3 overall war and Farhan Zaidi's backing. Like he came out last week and said, Yaz is going to be on this team next year. And people went, oh God, here we go. I already said, I got no problem if they're competing for a spot. I just don't want it in ink. Um, But but interesting stuff that he had to say. Um, Let's start with clubhouse morale and where that sits based on everything they've been through and, 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 you know, he at the front of the line. I think it's as good as it can be. You know, when you're not playing well, obviously guys feel that. But I think we're pretty upbeat and lively and going to pull for each other for this last month and hope that, you know, we can just play good baseball and have a lot of fun doing it. All right. So, um, you know, we heard so much last year about the clubhouse dynamic and how good it was. We've heard a lot less about that this year. Maybe that's just because people aren't asking as much because they don't have nearly as many wins. Um, or I think we've all at least wondered, if not heard, that it, it isn't as good this year. Um, in the clubhouse, in the front office, all of that. So um, at the core, you still want the players to be on the same page. And so at least it's good to hear that come out of his mouth. You know what's interesting? I've long asked this question across sports can a bad team have great chemistry? Like, is, is that possible? And I've been on some bad teams, not that I'm a professional at any level, and you can't have great chemistry. But we don't want to talk about it because everyone's soul-searching and frustrated and pissed off in the moment. That doesn't mean these guys aren't getting along and that they're working hard. It just feels like, to me, the rah-rah stories only come out when the team's doing well because it's other – hey, we, we can't quantify why they're all performing the way they are. It's got to be this intangible of chemistry. 
Well, I also wonder if chemistry is just hard for us to define. It's not as simple as like, yeah, we all get along. We all like each other. Well, great. That I, th- does that, how, how far does that go? Yeah. Uh, Kirk Casale made a really interesting comment up in Seattle uh, earlier this week, which sort of insinuated it. I'll paraphrase it, but he sort of insinuated how refreshing it was to have a youthful exuberance in the clubhouse. And you know, the Mariners, they're now all based around Julio Rodriguez. They've got some young, exciting players. And so I think that's at the core of yeah. all of this. You've got a bunch of guys on the Giants who are either underperforming or they're in pain. Yeah. And that's, they're, all in, they're all in their 30s and they're in pain, yeah. whether it's mental or physical. And that sucks. And you can see it. You can see it on their faces. You can see it on the scoreboard. You can see it everywhere. So – I, I think chemistry is something we start talking about. It's not that it can't exist, yeah. but it doesn't really show itself and it doesn't matter un, un, until that team that works well together starts winning. Well, I do think that you can forge certain identities in a lost season because that's what it feels like. It feels like a lost season. But that's how Brian Wilson emerged. You know what I mean? That's how Matt Cain and Tim Lincecum emerged. These, you, you got these guys, these fiery dudes who were kind of baptized by trial and error of some really hardship years. And I feel like Logan Webb and, and Estrada maybe, maybe, and Joey Bart maybe, and Camilo Duvall are being forged and their identities are popping during what feels like a lost year. So I, I don't know. I, when I watched them Friday night, when I watched them Saturday, I, I saw parts of the game today. They look like they're having fun. I mean, yep. Alex Cobb was having a great time with an eight-run lead the other day. Yep, yep. Well, and they've also called up a bunch of youngsters, so That's maybe true. there's a youthful exuberance That's in the true. clubhouse all of a sudden. Um, all right, a couple more from Yaz. First, talking about um, sort of as he's gone through his struggles, um, you know, how he's dealt with that and, and, and how he feels about all of that. I'd say I'm just proud of how I've been – kind of just sticking with it you know it's hard to it's hard to keep going when things are kind of beating you down and personally just not going your way and I feel like I've kind of stuck it out and focused on the big picture and so that's something that I can definitely hang my hat on is that I'm not going to quit I'm not going to give up I'm going to keep trying trying to get better every day and trying to help this team win and even if I haven't done a great job of that um it's not for a lack of effort it's definitely uh I care a lot about this team and this organization and I feel like I try to show that every day yeah, sometimes it's really hard for fans, and a lot of them don't care, but it's hard for us to remember. Like, I think of Tom Brady's press conference a week and a half ago when he's like, I'm 45. There's a lot of bleep going on. Now, Yaz is not 45, but he just had his first kid right before the season started. Um, you know, didn't get – it was not that long ago that I think it's only been a couple years, two, three years uh, since he uh, since he got married. You think about uh, what's happened in his, in his life over the last – three years when he was called up to the Giants and kind of popped a little bit and all of a sudden it was going to be a big league career and the trip to Boston and, you know, grandpa and all the things we know about Mike Yastrzemski. Um, I do think that, that I, I take what he just said right there at face value, which is if this guy still has a future as an outfielder for the Giants, I mean, you're going to see somebody whose head is super screwed on straight does not take anything for granted. And so we're going to get his best shot over the next month and in spring next year and see where it goes. I want Mike Yastrzemski to be that defensive sub late in games, that fourth outfielder. 
if that's his role next year, he'd be killer at that. And then it just feels like to me this year, his defense has been really good. A couple suspect plays, but for the most part, really, really, really good. He's had about five different web gems chasing balls down in the alley. Offensively, he's had long stretches where he's just looked completely lost. And I would love for him to be able to have a couple of days off, sit on the bench, pick and choose his spots. I think in that type of a situation, I think we get a way better version of Mike Yastrzemski than what we're seeing this year. I'm with you. Somewhere along the road, even in the platoon world, probably because his splits are not that bad, Yaz became the everyday player in the outfield. Yes. I don't think that's his role. Um, If Yaz is coming off the bench, if he's a defensive replacement, if he's a pinch hitter, um, if he is a spot starter, um, you know, guys who he has success against, start against them. I definitely think that can still be a role for, for Yaz on this team if he on some level can figure out what's going on. And the thing that I keep – every at-bat he has, it feels like I keep coming back to, he's trying to break out of a slump with every swing. And it's just it, – it's just how you dig a deeper hole. And I just – I feel for the guy. The weight of the season has just collapsed his shoulders at the plate, and it just stinks because I'm rooting for the guy. The weight of the season. I'm glad you just said that because of all the things that he said, this might have been the most interesting. Listen to the way he ties last year into this comment. We're not winning games like we were last year is the the clear difference. But I think there's just been some pressure that we've put on ourselves to try and replicate last year when all we had to do was play our own game this year. And I don't think we allowed ourselves to do that for a long period of time, just being focused on, you know, what is the difference? You know, I think that's been the big distraction is, you know, whether it comes from us or from external forces or external, you know, maybe fans, media, you know, even just you know, some of the guys that are on different teams that are asking us the same questions. And I think that was a big distraction for us this year was trying to focus on the difference between this year and last year when we should have just been focused on what can we do this year to be the best that we can be. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. My man, I had a lot of fun last year. I don't know about you. Yeah. I had a lot of fun last year. But I have spent a lot of time this year noticing things that are happening now that are not good because of those 107 wins. Let me give you a list just off the top of my head. Sure. The expectations from the fans and media out of whack. Um, I thought this would be a good team. I I think 107, even 100, even 95 was was probably a ridiculous thing to ask. Um, That has not been good 
for this organization. But I also think it goes, it goes way deeper than that. Uh, when you look at, at the fallout of last year, because I also think that from Farhan Zaidi to Scott Harris to Gabe Kapler, at times they probably fell in love with their own press clippings and it made them think that their stopgap measures, which are really good, they think they work better than they do. So they did an unbelievable job in a rebuild year of being like, watch this. Don't worry about these things that we're building over here on the side. Just focus right here. And all of these things that they did from a platoon system and Gabe Kapler with 28 coaches and all of this stuff that they did, and it all appeared to work. And so they came back in the offseason lacking urgency to get better because they thought their stopgap measures would work again, and they didn't. And I directly link that to 107 wins. The stopgap thing is very interesting because now I'm thinking about when you put a spare tire on that's smaller than the rest of the tires that you have on, it's good to go from like the side of the road back to your house, but you don't want to be driving around all day on it. And that's not what it's meant for. And that's what it feels like a lot of the platooning is. I just found it very interesting that a player would be so open to this and and say like, you know, these pressures got to us. We were trying to replicate. I mean, the way he said it, replicate last year. I don't know. It's just, I'm surprised that he would acknowledge that. And I'm surprised that that is the reality. Like, it's one thing to say, hey, you underperform as a – we were trying to replicate what we did last year. I mean, that's literally what he said. Yeah, it's a label, man. It's a label yeah. that has followed them, especially because it didn't go anywhere in the playoffs. It was like, all right, we got to we gotta go do this again. And there's the Dodgers and the Padres. And sure, we lost Buster, but we're going to go employ the same strategy. And, um, and if it doesn't work – I mean, it sort of does feel like a house of cards. Yeah. I mean, go person by person. And, and if, if, if this year doesn't work, all of a sudden, everything you've known to be true, you question it. So now, does Yaz have a job? Does Wade have a job? Um, is Gabe know. Kapler the right manager? Is Farhan Zaidi the right head of baseball ops? None of these things were like even a glint in anyone's eye at the beginning of this year. And now all of the, they all are. And, and, and that's because it didn't happen again. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And, and I think about the kid who was on the mound when they lost at game five against the Dodgers, Camilo Duvall, he's had ups and downs and he's trying to replicate what he did in that final month or so when he got called up. And you're seeing the growing pains in real time. Although I love that at bat with Schwarber on Saturday, just the battling back and forth. And he's shown a lot of moxie. I was hoping, could he get 30 saves, you know, 35 saves? He's at 19 right now. Yeah. It's still been a great year. Like I, but, but again, it doesn't replicate what the bullpen as a whole did last year because Rogers isn't the same. McGee's not here. Garcia's not performing. Like, go right down the list, and you're like, okay, I feel really good about Duvall, but these other seven things haven't gone well in the bullpen, and hence the net negative. Yep, yep, and they're all question marks now. Um, all right, here we go. Dodgers again. Uh, this will oh, be yeah. interesting. And then – Our next episode should be a fun one. We're going to do a combo episode, a crossover, if you will, just like we do at 95.7 The Game, a little crossover 
with our friends at AM670, The Score in Chicago, who have their Cubs podcast, and we'll get you ready for a fun series, maybe not a dramatic one, but a fun series at Wrigley Field, which, by the way, I will attend Saturday's game at Wrigley Field because this is the big Chicago combo trip that everybody talked about when the 49ers schedule came out. Wrigley Saturday, Soldier Sunday. I'm doing it. Let's go. I'm so jealous. God, I'm so jealous. It's going to be good, man. Oh, my God. That's going to be awesome. By the way. Wrigley. Oh, gosh. I've only been once. I've never been to Wrigley. It's fantastic. I can't wait. It feels like when you walk on the concourse to get food, it feels like you're at a farmer's market. There's like a (laughs) roof. If you're 6'2", like I am, the roof is like two inches above your head. Like it's still, it feels so old still, oh, but it. so charming. I love it. Um, yeah, man, I, I will be Very sure cool. at the, uh, you know, at the end of next weekend, I'll uh, I'll re- hopefully report back with some fun stories. But uh, but here we go, Dodgers and Cubs week, and let's see if they can keep building on everything they just did this weekend. Beautiful. Yep, there it is for Joe Shasky, Mark Willard, Garlic Fries and Baseball guys. We hope you subscribe. Don't miss an episode, including our next. Big one coming up as we get ready for the Cubs series this weekend. That's coming up right around the bend.